Uh, greetings, everyone. And I wanted to speak today about Islam and how I was introduced to Islam over the course of my life. Um, I was born with the name Bradley. I was adopted. Um, about two months later, I was given the name Clark. I was raised in a all white suburb of Buffalo. And when I say all white, we're talking probably 97% white. Even today, um, there's more minorities that live there, but even today you're still talking probably 90, over 90% white, even today. But uh, anyhow, those who aren't familiar with Buffalo, Buffalo is a um, poor city. It's it's one of the, the poorest cities of the major cities in America, and it's very segregated. So that's how I grew up. I always knew there were differences amongst the races, uh, which some people may say is a bad thing, but there's some good in that also because I was... Uh, I was never fooled into uh, thinking we were all the same. I always knew there were differences. So that's a good thing. Uh, as far as my understanding of Islam, I w my, my parents made sure not to teach me anything about Islam. Uh, like I said, I, I, I grew up in all white area. Uh, both of my parents were black, by the way, but uh, they chose to keep all black pride, all that type of stuff away from me. Uh, even my father, for example, my father was born in 32 in Detroit. So he was literally raised in Detroit while the teachings uh, were getting started. You know, uh, temple number one is in Detroit. So my father knew about Islam. He just chose not to share it with me. And unfortunately, this is true for many of our people. Many of our people, they were introduced to Islam, you know, from the messenger, from Malcolm X, and they went out of their way to make sure that their children never got the teachings. And uh, there's, I know there's something biblical where the 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 children, the the sins of the father get passed down to the children. And uh, there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. Um, I'm a living example of that. When you there's there's so many things that children today, adults today should know, but don't know because their parents or grandparents chose not to teach them. Um, but anyhow, I went to college in Albany, New York, and that's when everything changed for me. Um, I'll never forget my very first class uh, was a, a black professor. Just that alone, just that alone blew my mind. Never had a black teacher before. And uh, the class was African-American studies. And, and I and I remember that was like a filler class. You, you had to have so many uh, 
classes in a semester just to, you know, to be labeled a, a full-time student. And, you know, I never had any intention of taking African-American studies. It was, I, I just needed a, a class to get so many credits. And that was my very first college course. Black professor blew my mind. Learning about uh, black history blew my mind. And I never looked back. That that was a big turning point in my life. And uh, I actually heard uh, uh, Minister Farrakhan later on, you know, later say that uh, going to school, paying paying to learn about yourself is criminal. And that's true because all these things that I paid to learn, and we're not even talking about Islam. We're just talking about black, black studies, black history, all these things that I paid to learn about. I never should have had to, to pay to learn about any of that stuff. That stuff is the things that your parents are supposed to teach you while you're a child. It truly is criminal that uh, even today, some of our people are are paying just to learn about themselves. But uh, anyhow, at this point, when I just got into college, I, I still didn't know anything about Islam. Never, never heard anything about Islam. Never where I grew up, never heard about the nation of Islam. Uh, never heard about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I never even heard of Malcolm X. Never heard about any of those people. And uh, it, it was strange. I was working at a, a mobile gas station and there was a, a white guy named Steve. He was he was an unusual person. He had a lot of white pride. He would talk that white pride stuff, but he would still talk to me and he would always say things like, you know, why do your people do this? Why do your people do that? Basically what he was saying is like, you know, how come black people don't have more self-respect than, you know, than they do, you know, why, why are our black people, you know, Look, why do black people look down on themselves? Why don't they just have more self-respect and uh, make a long story short? He's the one that uh, one day (laughs) told me about the nation of Islam. Never even heard of it. And uh, of course, he thought there was something wrong with me that he knew he knew about it and I didn't. And I remember he picked up the the phone. We're at work. He he dialed uh, uh, the operator in Chicago. Uh, got the phone number for uh, the Nation of Islam. Called right then and there on the phone and asked him to for a final call newspaper. And they sent it. They actually sent it. And uh, that was my first. Introduction, if you will, to Islam was uh, 
was that as strange as it may sound that uh, was my first introduction but then later on at the at the school I met a brother named Sincere Allah a member of the Nation of Gods and Earths many people call him the five percenters and uh, you know Albany there's there's a lot of members there that are a part of the Nation of Gods and Earths and uh because it's called a law born. A lot of people just think uh, the nation of gods and earths are in the five boroughs of New York, but uh, a law born in Albany, New York. There's a lot of them there too, as well. And uh, I learned from quite a few of the brothers there. You know, the supreme alphabet, supreme mathematics. You know, I you know just it really opened my eyes to a lot of things which I had no knowledge of. Interesting thing at this time, I was between uh, learning about Islam and learning about, uh, you know, just black history, black studies in general. I was uh, spending more time getting knowledge yourself or, or learning about myself than I was uh, studying the, the schoolwork, the school books that I was supposed to be learning. And eh, my, my grade suffered a little bit, but it, I got, I wasn't bad overall. I got like a 2.7 when it was all said and done. Um, my history Initially, I went to school uh, for business, but like I said, once I uh, learned about uh, African-American studies, that changed everything. That changed my whole trajectory. So African-American studies wound up being my uh, my major. Now in that, I was really good. I got like a a 3.7 GPA in that. Because that's where my, my, my heart was. That's where my mind was. I wanted to learn about myself. I wanted to know about my people. And Islam was a part of that as well. You know, learning what I was learning from the from the nation of gods and earths. Uh, I remember seeing uh, Farrakhan. I think this probably would have been like 1989, 1990. Um, he was speaking at Sunni Oswego, which is probably like three hour. It's like a three hour drive from where we were. And I remember uh, that's all we knew. We just knew it was Sunni Oswego, which is in Oswego, New York. Uh, there was about four brothers. We all hopped in my car and we just went. We had no idea where we were going. We just went. And we got there and we saw Farrakhan and that was a big turning point as well. And uh, at that time, that's when, uh, you know, Farrakhan was, you know, keeping to the messenger's teachings. And it was uh, quite an experience. And there was there was a there was there was a lot of exploration going on at, when I was in school back then. You know, we were learning about everything. Um, learned about Yahweh Ben Yahweh, uh, Doctor York. Like I said, the Nation of Gods and Earths. I mean, bro, you know, and we would we would spend you know some people on a Friday night or Saturday night would just go out and drink and do whatever. I admit I did some of that as well, but there there were 
many a many a nights when we would just five, six, seven brothers, we would spend uh, the whole night just building, just just talking about this or that, all pertaining to our people. Um, also talking about Islam as well. But uh, one of the things that kind of separated me from some of the other brothers were I always wanted to go to the root. I always wanted to go to the root of the situation. And what even with the, the nation of gods and earth, I mean, it became... You know, the brothers were all, you know, Brother Clarence 13X, Father Allah, this, that, and the other. But it, it became clear to me, it was like, you know, but the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is the root. And whenever I would bring that up, I mean, nobody would say I was wrong, but they just kind of dismissed it. And I never understood that. So that's one of the major differences between uh, me and some of the other brothers. I, I wanted to go to the root and the root was the honorable Elijah Muhammad. So my foundation was the books. When, when I started uh, gravitating towards the messenger, you know, I, I got into the books that I can get my hands on at that time. You know, the, Message of the Black Man, basically, the you know, some people refer to it, the five books of Moses, Message of the Black Man, Our Savior Has Arrived, Fall of America, How to Eat to Live, book one and two. And then I also uh, later got into the theology of time. But my foundation was the books compiled by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I even... Uh, Later, uh, I'm not even sure. It must have been a, a newspaper article or something. I, I found out about uh, Crow at that time. They must have been brand new. Uh, the Coalition for the Remembrance of Elijah. Um, and once again, only thing I knew was they were in Chicago. I just hopped in my car and I went. And I found them. And... Uh, Brother Munir Muhammad, um, he was, you know, a very, very good brother. I miss that brother. He he uh, he showed me all around Chicago. He showed me all the the, the different um, buildings, different structures, the clothing factory. You know what is now called Mas Mariana wasn't called that uh, when the messenger had it, but he, you know, all these different temple properties that they had told me stories. It just, it just really made me feel good, filled my spirit up. It's like, wow, this is what our, our, our people had. We, you know, we had a thriving nation at one time. And, uh, even, uh, you know, took me into his home. Uh, we had dinner together. I met his brother, Halif, um, the building, the Coalition for Remembrance of Elijah was, it was like this big empty room had one of those TVs that we had in school back in the day. And you could just, there, there was, there was really nobody else in there at that, at, at that time. It was, uh, 
brother Munir and my, and I was the only student, if you will, that was there. But, uh, I got to see any, all these videos. They had all these videos of the messengers and all these, uh, audio tapes of the messenger. And, uh, it, it confirmed, you know, my suspicions that, uh, at that time, uh, Farrakhan was, uh, subtly changing the messenger's teachings, subtle changes, but, uh, I, I noticed it. And, uh, around this time I, I, I left Albany. I was living in Buffalo and I was at the, this was uh, Farrakhan's Muhammad mosque, uh, number 23 in Buffalo five Walden. And, and one of the things that, uh, I noticed is many of the of the brothers that were under Farrakhan, their foundation was Farrakhan. Their foundation wasn't the messenger. And that's how come I was able to notice certain things and other the other brothers didn't. Because my foundation was the honorable Elijah Muhammad. My foundation was his books, his teachings. So when I saw Farrakhan do certain things, I was able to spot it right away. I was like, this, this is, these are not the messenger's teachings, just subtle things. And uh, also, like I said, when I went to the coalition for remembrance of Elijah, it just uh, helped confirmed what I had suspected. And uh, I'm still in Buffalo at this time. And shortly after, you know, my realizing that uh, there's being changes made in uh, the nation under Farrakhan, that's when I read this uh, article, an editorial in the Buffalo Challenger. The Buffalo Challenger is a a black uh, newspaper in uh, in Buffalo. It was uh, written by Sister Rashida, and she was talking about the United Nation of Islam, uh, which was uh, headed by Royal. And there were many there were many things. You know, one of the things that I, I found fascinating about Royal is Royal was, you know, he, he said he was a law in person and he would answer any question from anybody. Now you have to <laughs> truly be who you say you are or a crazy person to even attempt something like that. But I, he, I mean, Royal had many, many, many tapes, many, many articles. And at that time, I mean, everything he was saying was mathematically correct. I couldn't couldn't find an error in it. So I I, uh, I eventually uh, joined. Uh, there was a, a a study group in Buffalo. Uh, it was like Sister Rashida, um, Sister Levette, Brother Cheyenne. So I was part of that study group in Buffalo. I signed my my letter, Clark X, 
uh, under Royal uh, 1994, 1995. And I, I actually saw Royal in 1996 at uh, Independence Day in Maryland. I remember that because that was the, the same year the movie came out because we all went down the study group from Buffalo. We all, we drove down there uh, together to that independence day. We actually saw that movie independence day. That's how come I remember it was, it, I think it must've been the same weekend. And, uh, anyhow, you know, I've always listened to the tapes and uh, read the center pages and the articles, uh, by, by Royal. But, uh, Later, later on, with as far as uh, Royal is concerned, um, let me just back up for a second. Uh, when I noticed uh, that Farrakhan was changing some of the messengers' teachings, it it's very disheartening. It hurts because it's like, why would somebody do something like that? You know, you, for those of us that love the messenger and what he stood for, you know, when you see somebody elevate themselves to such a position and, you know, they're supposed to be elevating the nation and elevating our people and then they deviate, it hurts. And with Royal, um, I saw the same thing. You know, he built up the nation, lifted himself up, lifted up uh, our people. He, he, he taught many wonderful things, mathematical thinking being one of them. Um, clearly, clearly, the brother's extremely knowledgeable, extremely wise. Um but there were some uh, some things that he said that that didn't come true. Uh, you know, for, uh, like for example, he he talked about the hundred royal. I'm talking about royal. Talked about the hundred forty four thousand being uh, those from the first resurrection that he was going to get and gather. He didn't do that. Uh, you know, he was supposed to uh, be presented by Farrakhan to the nation of Islam. All this was supposed to happen by the year 2000, uh, you know, lake of fire, all that type of stuff by the year 2000, obviously none of, none of that has happened. And, uh, like I said, the brother is very wise, very knowledgeable, but if you're a law in person, I don't know how you can make a mistake like that or mistakes like that. So I stayed. I kept my distance, you know, hoping, uh, hoping there would be some, some, some answers, some clarification as to, you know, how something like this could happen. And then it just kind of went from bad to worse uh, when they changed their names from the uh, changed their name from the United Nation of Islam to the Value Creators. That's when I really knew something was wrong because 
that's not even mathematical. And then it got even worse and they changed their name from value creators to the promise keepers. So something had seriously gone off the rails, you know, Royal something happened. And once again, it hurts. That always hurts when you uh, put your faith in someone and uh, that's really the lesson to, to be taken from this when you put your faith in someone and they let you down it hurts um, you know just like with Farrakhan you know many people got wrapped up in the man and not what he was saying or doing now I recognize that there was a problem like many brothers and sisters recognize there was a problem and they left Unfortunately, there's, you know, the ones that truly got wrapped up in the person, you know, they never left. They're they're still there now. After this, along came uh, um, Positron and uh, I was reading his article articles on Facebook uh, this was roughly November 2018 until February 2019. And same thing, very knowledgeable brother, saying a lot of stuff, couldn't find any fault in it. And uh, in the in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking like, you know, Allah, why would he raise the messenger? Why would he give us all this knowledge itself, give us all this hope, and then just <laughs> everything collapses? Now, we knew the nation was going to collapse, but it, you know, it was supposed to rise again, uh, never to fall again. But you know, then then Royal comes along and then that falls. It's like, you know, Minister Farrakhan reminded the people, you know, he, he stayed strong for 10 years. Then he deviated. I mean, it's like, what's going on? It's like, why is this happening? So when uh, Positron came along, I'm like, well, you know, who knows? Maybe he's got the answers. And like I said, uh, I was reading his uh, articles that he was posting on Facebook for those few months. Uh, in in March of 2019, he asked me to come out to Baltimore, and I did. And after a couple of weeks there, um, I I realized he was not who he claimed to be, and I left. Um, everyone has to be tested. I just look at that as as uh, just another test for myself. Everybody's test is is different, but uh, my my suspicions about uh, Positron were uh, later confirmed uh, when I found out about what happened to Royal, and I also got to read the question and answers from the uh, original law. These are things I didn't know about. But uh, it answered a lot of my questions that I had. 
So, uh, why would Allah place so much knowledge in, in royal knowing he would change course? I mean, Allah knew this was going to happen. Why would he do that? I don't know. I don't know why uh, brothers falsely elevate their stature, trying to win followers. That's why I say I'm I'm not a law. I'm not a scientist, son. I'm not an angel. I'm not a messenger. I'm a brother. And I have no problem saying that. You know, why do some brothers feel that they have to be something that they're not? Um, I know when I was younger, you know, some guys would feel like they had to lie to a girl to get that girl to take interest in him. I never understood that. Just be yourself. I don't know why some brothers uh, claim the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teachings and then go against them. I don't know why some brothers do that either. You know, I have no interest in being something that I'm not. I just want freedom, justice, equality, Islam. I want to save the planet. I want to remove evil from the planet. I want there to be peace on earth. And all this that I have gone through can't put your faith in an individual. Our faith or our trust has to be in Allah. Allah is not a man nor a woman. Allah is the all in all. It is true that Allah came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. But as we all know, there was Allah before Master Farad Muhammad was born. The black man as a whole is Allah. There's fractions of Allah in each and every one of us. But we should never ever get caught up in following a man. We need to follow the teachings, follow the math, follow the knowledge, wisdom, understanding, the principles of creation. That won't let us down. We are the ones we've been waiting for. <laughs> 